And welcome back to another episode of The Conspiracy Skeptic. I'm your conspiracy skeptic, Carl Mamer, and returning guest, uh, Aaron Gullius. Hello, Aaron. Hey, Carl. How's it going? Good, good. Welcome, welcome back. Now, I feel like how time goes. I feel like I just had you on like a few months ago, but it might have been two years ago. I don't I- know. I think it was. I think I looked. It was like November of 2020. So okay. Yeah. A little, little over a year. So. Yes. Okay. All right. Oh, that's not too bad, actually. Yeah. 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 So yeah, and we, we talked about uh, we talked about the ha, you. Sorry, I should say you do a podcast called Saucer Life. We'll get into that a little bit, but uh, you had done a whole lot of things in your Saucer Life about kind of like the uh, early days of the contactee movement and right. And right. yeah, how kind of like how this whole it all began with like the Space Brothers, and they're here to bring peace and and uh, you know prevent us from destroying ourselves in a nuclear holocaust, and <laughs> and then it just kind of became this dark side hypothesis, and now it's just it's just got weird and ugly, weird, really, really quick. And you're kind of here to yes. you kind of like what was that evolution? It's kind of fascinating stuff. But I wanted you back on because I noticed you. Um, You've you've published a new book. You you have published several books already, but you have a new 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 yes, book. Yeah, uh, in the last one, couple months here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think no, was it November? Did it come November out? December? I can't I can't remember. I, I, I just I knew when they showed up on my on my doorstep. That, okay, oh, it must be out. So because they sent me my copies. <laughs> yeah, Am, is, Amazon says uh, I think November or so. Okay. So so yeah, we are. I, I am drinking a. Uh, so if you do hear some sort of sipping here, I'm drinking a beer called Carling Black Label. A retro Canadian brand. Are, are, are you are you enjoying anything? Uh, I just finished some uh, cinnamon herbal tea. So, yeah, I feel I feel I feel bad now. No, I'm, no, I'm, don't, drink, I, I'm drinking alone. It's it's been a long day, and I, I don't want to fall asleep on you. So. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. So yeah, so your your new book. So what is your new book called? That's a great question. Um, it's called Conspiracy and Triumph, and then there is a um, a subtitle that right. the publisher put on it that. I cannot remember. Uh, okay. Yeah, I got it right in front of me. Theories of a victorious future for the faithful. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so Conspiracy and Triumph, that was your title, and then your publisher just sort of… Actually, I, I can't remember. I think we collaboratively came up with a okay. title that I can't remember, and then they changed it right before publication. So it's, it's oh. after, after I got the proofs and everything, they came up with the one… That it ended up being published with, which I, I think is is as good a title as any. I um I don't think any of my suggested titles have ever made it onto a book ever. Um, right. I am I'm just not good at coming up with titles, so um, <laughs> I'm happy for happy for experts to, yes. uh, to handle that for me. Well, well that's true, yeah. And, and I I like how you um uh, on one of your podcasts, or maybe you were being interviewed by somebody. I think you were being interviewed by somebody, and you describe it as. You have published X number of books that somebody else was interested in publishing. Is how, how did you remember that phrasing? Yeah, something something like that. Um, yeah, I yeah I I did my my contact ebook, which was which was was super fun, and then I um, I, I did a couple others that you know, I, I saw it was edited um, series of of scholarly books, a, a topic okay. that I liked so. Um, science fiction television. It's like, okay, what, what kind of science fiction television book can I write? Because then I can buy a bunch of DVDs back yes, when yes. DVDs were a thing yeah. um, and streaming was in its infancy. So I, I did one on um, paranormal and um, conspiracy theory, science fiction TV. 
and oh, that was that was sort of like okay that sort of fits into into this and i did did one on um uh using uh, educational shorts old educational shorts um in the history classroom so right, okay. edu- educational one and then my first conspiracy theory books or broad overview of conspiracy theory for uh for mcfarland and they liked that and when okay. i stopped by to see them a few years ago when i was on a road trip down to north carolina they're like we really want you to do another conspiracy book oh, that's and great. i said that's awesome i don't want to um but i, I, I the, the more i i mean they bought me lunch so i, I yeah. kind of had to come up with, with You're something. committed then right <laughs> I, I, there's like two beers in that lunch. I, I wanted to try to find an angle for conspiracy theory study that that hadn't been done extensively. And right, right. so what, what I sort of found my way toward was this idea of, of conspiracy theories that have kind of happy endings for those oh, okay. who are on the right side. And okay. as, as opposed to sort of traditional conspiracy theories that – end with the, the people who believe in them being hauled off to, you know, new world order death camps somewhere right, right, or, right. or fighting a guerrilla war in the forest against the, uh, the, the forces of, of evil. This, you know, it, it, everything is, is just over the, uh, just over the horizon. Um, and, uh, and, and everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. As long as you don't give up hope, as long as you keep believing, as long as you keep sending me money so i know that you're on our side and i can continue to keep you updated with all the latest news and information that you need to survive in the new world yeah so i um (laughs) i found some some good examples of those sorts of 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 sort of conspiratorial narratives i I think that's a better way to put it conspiracy theories and i i just sort of decided to focus on a couple or a few big ones mm-hmm. rather than um, rather than do nine chapters on on various things so I could really sort of dive deep into um, into some of these so right, yeah. Um, yeah so that's that's sort of the the origin and uh, and where it came from it's great yeah I mean just to sort of uh, re- review you are a uh, I, I want to call you a history professor uh, you you teach history at least you teach history at a uh, uh, college in flint michigan yes yes i do um, yes, yeah. history at, at uh, mott community college in flint and i've been there since uh full-time since 2006 so oh, oh, good. been there for gosh 15 years now, wow okay is, is you know you know your stuff yeah yeah and i i i guess you know i grew up in windsor ontario which is right. across the border from detroit right. and detroit is kind of across some border from flint michigan i i feel oh, certain yeah. i feel certain kinship with you yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, i'm i'm like an hour away from windsor you know if i drive fast so. yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah and uh, yeah so it's it's always always nice to talk to a uh i would say a, a i like to say a fellow michigander but uh yeah because Windsor is kind of sometimes it's, it's more of a suburb of Detroit than uh, than kind of a kind of the ass end of Canada, so to speak. So <laughs> I don't know. That, but, that weird part of Canada that's south of part of the United States. I, I know that's the most wonderful part about Canada is that that part of that Windsor it dips it kind of dips under Detroit, yeah. and so it's it, it Canada at that point is south of america so you have to go north of the border uh to get good mexican food so if you want to go <laughs> south of the border to get you got to go north of the border yeah yeah but uh it's 
crazy. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So yeah. So your book actually you cover um, kind of a roundup of conspiracy theories, uh, and then the one we want to talk about, or I want you to talk about, because this is bonkers. Uh, something called Nasara. That is an acronym, uh, and we'll talk about that. What that even means, and then you've got your UFO disclosure moment. So that's that's your whole that's that's your your saucer life kind of stuff and then then everyone's favorite q and on you you know i've I've got to say when i was putting this proposal together in gosh 20 2019 2019 q and on was not the thing it was going to become i mean looking at it i i kind of would have to talk about it but if i i I just i hated writing that because i i hated you know, I'm, I'm watching the news and I'm scrolling, mm-hmm. you know, Telegram and other and Parler and all these things. And I'm sort of screenshotting all this stuff back in January of last year when everything yeah. was going on. And I was just like, oh, this is just grim. This is just <laughs> relentlessly grim. And I don't like doing this. So that was, I mean, it was a necessary topic. Yes. But man, I Nisara and UFO disclosure, those are fun. I mean, those are sort of fun, goofy things. Yeah. QAnon, oh, gosh, no. Yeah, I mean, I guess imagine when you were sort of starting to write the book. Right, right. People didn't know quite as much as QAnon, and you might have been like, I'm going to tell the world about this. And now yeah, it's just it, like, well, it's just my, my my neighbor has a Q thing on his minivan. You know, it's like, oh, God, please. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it, it's become it's become a whole thing, which is yeah. disrupting. <laughs> Fun, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, so you do uh, you do a, a podcast called Saucer Life. It is, it, it is a, it is such a good podcast. Like you, I, I mean, obviously, you. you know, you're history teacher, so you kind of really get to the weeds, and um, and and don't let it kind of, I mean, just the name, don't flip fully into thinking like you're just some like they're up there, and you know, <laughs> and, you know, you know, you, you are not, you are not kind of you know a, a nutball. You know, I, you know, like I say, I. I think you, I think you want something to really be there, you know, but you're not, you're not, you're not ready to just throw reason right out the window for. Uh, yeah. I, I sort of see myself as, as sort of somebody who is, you know, affectionate towards yes. the topic. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I don't necessarily believe what people are saying, or I don't believe their explanations for what they see um, necessarily, but I don't disbelieve that they might've experienced something. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but I, I've got a lot of, of affection for that. And I I think it's something that benefits from um, some, some historical, uh, some historical perspective as, as well. Um, I think historians don't sometimes don't look at these topics um, as much as uh, they should. And actually I've I've started um, with a co-host, a second podcast, which is more of a history podcast, sort of encompasses the uh, called great lakes lore that encompasses the paranormal in the region and, and sort of studying how, um, how historians can can understand and, and sort of comprehend the paranormal and and, and fringe culture and, right, and right, things yes. like that. So um, yeah, both of those are, are are sort of just using the historian's toolbox to deal with weird stuff, which is yeah. what I try to do in this book too. Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then I always it's you know when I started listening to your podcast, you know your your introduction, the evolution of your introduction, where you have a line in there about like. 
no snark. And no and snark. at oh, some yeah. point you change it to <laughs> snark when necessary. Like you yeah. just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it it was people were people on Twitter were pointing out that there was uh, there was in fact snark sneaking in um, at various times. So it's like you know I should be a little more upfront about the fact <laughs> that there will be snark when necessary. So exactly. um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, ha- it has been an evolution. I think sometimes my patience gets um, a little thin right. with, cool. uh, with, with, with some of the stuff. Right. And, uh, I, and, and I, I guess kind of like my, my, my book, the, the – uh, what, yeah, what is the name of my book? The, the Skeptic's Book of Lists. Oh, yeah. uh, it seems like both our books were kind of a bit of COVID projects. Like you kind of wrote it. Uh, yeah. It, I, I was – the, the research stuff took so long with this book um, that I, I started writing later than I wanted to. And I, right. I started really writing in, in March of 2020 right. and I finished up in April of 2021. And yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know about you, but I see people out there saying it's been so great with COVID having time to work at home and write. I'm like, well, that's great. But that has not been my experience. It, it, was, <laughs> it was completely, um, completely stressful because during that year, um, everybody else was home too in my household. And, and so it was um, difficult to uh, get as much work done as I wanted to without being um, just sort of absent, which wasn't, wouldn't have been a great thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's get into it. So you're N- Nasara. So first, what does Nasara stand for? That is an acronym. Oh, well, that's a, that's an interesting question because depending on who you're reading, it can stand for, for different things. Oh, um, generally it stands for n- the uh, national economic stabilization and recovery act. Uh, but occasionally uh, you will see it referred to as the National Economic Security and Reformation Act. Oh, so okay. it, it's, it's, got, um, it's got two, um, two little things, but it's supposedly a law. And the, uh, the, the story goes that it's a law passed in 1993, but this was covered up by bad guys who were carrying out a, a horrible evil agenda to keep humanity – uh, financially and politically, you know, under uh, under their iron heel. But in reality, what it was was a a sort of proposal or um, thought experiment by a an economist named Harvey uh, Harvey Barnard, who um, who wrote this this book um, about the National Economic Stabilization and Recovery Act that was basically a, a system of monetary and finance reform. But over time, and it's a, it's a complicated story, but over time, um, people will, will sort of weave this tale that it was a, a law that was passed that would do all, all sorts of things. And it really goes back to a scam, uh, a financial scam from Illinois called, um, called Omega, the, uh, the Omega um, – you want to say the Omega Project, but it was, it was just called – Omega, Omega Trust, I think. Omega, Omega Trust. trust. That, yeah, 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 everything's a, everything's a trust, uh, and, and that's another thing about um, about the book. There was originally going to be a a fourth subject, coming, oh, okay. and and I was um, I was going to do a whole section on um, sovereign citizen uh, legal. Oh, yes, theory. okay, yeah. and I it, it just it ended up not really fitting with the theme of the book, but so many of the other things, Nasara, elements of QAnon, <laughs> elements of UFO disclosure even, drew on some sovereign citizen legal yeah. theory. So I had to kind of address it in, um, 
and, and the sort of over the consp- I think conspiracy theory 101 is, is what right, I yeah. called the, the chapter. So Omega Trust was, was this financial scam. It was basically an, um, an investment swindle where um, a, a guy uh, a guy went around and told people Clyde Hood uh, was the guy's name. Um, and he told people that if he um, if you invested money with him, um, that you would uh, you would get your money back, and um, this started in or get more than your money back. Oh, and, which, uh, this is a, this is in nineteen ninety, which which you know, the definition investment. of investing, right? right? Yeah, you would get money. You you, you wouldn't lose your money. Um, exactly. Although, in, depending on what you invest in, that would be all you could hope for. But um, Hood claimed to be an international trader. And um, had connections in the financial world to get, you know, regular people like you and me <laughs> into f- investments that that usually um, only the super wealthy would know about with with foreign banks and prime banknotes, which aren't a thing. So you would give uh, you would give a uh, hood a hundred bucks, and you would get a fifty to one return on your money yes. in two in two hundred seventy five days, and then you can cash out. But you don't have to cash out. You can you can just let that you let can it ride. Keep that goal. You let it ride, and you know another fifty to one payout. Another you know two hundred seventy five days, and investors from all fifty states, Australia, even some from China, in, invested in this. And Hood and his accomplices, co conspirators, partners ended up with, a, according to court records um, and indictments, about $12 million from this deal. And what they would do is they would say, okay, we can't take any more investors, but we've got these other investments that you can give us money for. But you Omega folks, don't worry. Um, not a, Everything's fine. You're going to get your money. You're going to get your, your massive, massive return on these things, but it's going to take a while. Uh, there are some things that are in the works that um, you know the, the government is trying to shut this down, so all kinds of excuses. And he would he would send out these pre-recorded, or he'd call a number and listen to a pre-recorded update about what was going on with your Omega Trust money. And while he's <laughs> doing all this, around two thousand or so, he and and a few others get um, arrested uh, and um, indicted on on filing false tax returns and fraud and money laundering. Pleads guilty in 2021, sentenced to 14 years in prison in 2002, and he died um, before his sentence was up um, at the age of 78 back in 2012. So as Hood is going through the legal system, (laughs) one of his not co-conspirators, but one of his his people, um, maybe an unindicted co-conspirator conspirator named uh, Shaney Goodwin, who on the internet called herself Dove of Oneness, which is really hard to say. Yeah. Uh, you have to be really careful when he's Dove of Oneness. It just comes out mumbling. She starts taking over, sending out the messages to the Omega Trust people. And um, she she's sort of a a rah-rah voice, very positive, telling people, you know, don't worry. Um, don't worry about what you're reading. Um, th- this case lacks any merit. And even if even if these bad guys railroad poor Clyde into prison unjustly, they <laughs> cannot touch your money. But what she told people to do was do not look this up on the internet. Do not look for the case. Do not read any news stories about this. If you go to any websites to track this case, that will enable them to monitor your computer. 
through that website. So whatever you do, don't look for any actual information about yes. the fact that this guy is 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 ripping you off. Yeah. So she starts pioneering some techniques that are are going to be popping up in all of these sort of hopeful, triumphal conspiracy theories. She has sources, very high sources in the intelligence community. No, we can't tell you who they are. If you read something in the paper or you, you see that there's a, a, an, an event that is, you know, well observed by people that was staged, you know, anything that is not, you know, part of what I am telling you as a trusted person with sources high up, it's staged. It's, it's fake news. You, uh, you, you can't believe it. Um, Anything you read that is negative, that's that's being manipulated to to hurt you, to get you to just abandon your claims to the money. And and so as Omega was kind of winding down, um Goodwin began to shift toward this Nasara thing. Right. And apart you know, far from being a um a a thought experiment or a, a sort of proposal by an economist. It's this law, this National Economic um, Stabilization and Recovery Act. And um, starting in 2001, she starts talking about this law. And it says the, the law would, um, I'm not going to read the whole list, but right, just, right. Um, just some things. It would restore constitutional law in America. It would remove everybody in power from their positions in the government. And um, because the government is unconstitutional. President, vice president, cabinet members, Congress, judges, everybody would um, would be removed physically by uh, by law enforcement, and there would be new elections. Um, the U.S. government would declare peace, and the uh, the military in Afghanistan would be immediately recalled to the United States. Um, everybody's credit card balances and um, debts would be zeroed out. Um, as repayment for 90 years of government and banking fraud, going back to, of course, the um, the, uh, the Federal, Federal Reserve. Federal, Federal yeah. Reserve. Yeah. Um, yeah, it would it, get rid of the Federal Reserve. The new U.S. Treasury Bank system would be in place, and, and money would be real again. And um, it would abolish income taxes and replace it with a um, a national sales tax, but only on um, on luxury goods and um, non uh, non essential items so which had nothing to do with what bernard talked about in his in his proposal although i think he did talk about a national sales tax as being a replacement but so have a lot of people yeah Um, so just 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 to roll it back a sec yeah so this this so there's this bernard guy harvey harvey bernard and he he joined jesus in 2005 but he's not with us anymore but right right he was just he was like a i always make it like my my own book i kind of got this running game in my book like you know whenever the word engineer comes up you're supposed to take a drink so you know he's one of the like engineers are great people but sometimes they just see the world as in you know inputs outputs i can math this you know right right so he's like i have discovered the secret to eliminating inflation and returning america to a prosperity so right so he wrote that he just wrote up sample legislation right this nasara and then just gave it to like every congressman and thought they're going to pass that in two weeks and they didn't. So he just put up a website and then, yeah. So, so this was just a, this was just some engineers tax reform LARPing really that somehow got into the hands, right. Of well, how do you pronounce your name? Um, Shaney. 
Sheeny, yeah, Sheeny, the dove um, of oneness, yes. dove of oneness, yeah. And, and so it, it's 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 got some some raw material that could be um, that could be manipulated. And honestly, this book is, I mean, now it, it's almost impossible to find. It, it's incredibly expensive. It <laughs> wasn't really widely um, widely available. And I, I think he he self published it back in the days when self publishing a book meant you you know you bought a pallet of books and. You know, yeah. sold them out of the trunk of your car. So not as convenient as the, the print on demand stuff that, that we have now. So, um, it's just these sort of the, the bare bones of, of reform ideas were, were there for the, um, were, were there for the taking. And Goodwin was able to use this to appeal to the Omega Trust. <laughs> I, I think victims would be a, a yeah. good way to refer to them. Um, because they're waiting on that money, right? Well, one of the things that Nasara would do would be to um, free up the money finally to be released from the bad guys to, to finally get all the Omega Trust people their their money back, which would yeah. be um, you know just just wonderful for them, yeah. right? So these, these are these are, yeah. right, these, these are people who have invested their life savings in this dude who is now literally sitting in prison. So they're thinking. I'm ruined, right? And then right. in rides on her white dove. <laughs> Good news, people, right? Yeah. 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 And and what's 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 great about this is because this is a a law that had been, you know, that was enacted. It isn't waiting. It had been enacted. She has to come up with an entire an entire narrative for why this supposed law was was not being enacted. And she explains that um, that basically everything began in um, in, in nineteen ninety three, right. and uh, in nineteen ninety three there was um, there's a whole thing. It's too much to get into, but um, so complicated to write um, because it's hard to tell what is real and and what is just part of this narrative that just keeps getting repeated. But um, a guy named Roy Schwasinger who was sort of part of the sovereign citizen movement, getting people to sort of file um, lawsuits to declare the liens on their homes to be fraudulent and, and <laughs> things like that. Um, you know, claiming that the U S had gone bankrupt when it went off the gold standard in the 1930s um, that, that he was involved in secret operations and yeah, it, it, weird stuff, but he ends up, he ends up going to prison, but um she she says that that he was you know, it, you know argued these cases before the Supreme Court secretly <laughs> but uh, but successfully and um, in 1993 the Supreme Court ruled against the U.S. government and declared the IRS illegal um, which never happened um, that I mean it, <laughs> one hesitates to say that you shouldn't have to say that, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't happen. It, it didn't happen. Yes, um, yes. And, and if you say, and, and this is, this is so beautiful. If you say, well, why is there absolutely no documentary evidence that the Supreme court ruled that the IRS is illegal? Well, it's because, um, this all has to be secret until the truth is finally revealed because the Supreme court said that, um, you know, 
the IRS is illegal. President Clinton fought back against that, and he took the Supreme Court to the world court and tried to have the Supreme Court decision overturned by the world court. Um, this did not happen. And um, as I point out in the book, or constitutionally, is not something that could happen. There's yes, no yes. Um, legal sort of precedent for that sort of thing. No. Um, but Goodwin reported that the World Court upheld the Supreme Court decision and appointed people called the White Knights no. to, um, to enforce the decision. So throughout the 1990s, the White Knights are negotiating with the U.S. government about what to do with the fact the IRS has been is illegal and has been unconstitutional since, you know, the income tax was established back in, uh, back in the 19 teens. So they, they, as a result, they get in March of 2000, they, they get the Nassara law secretly passed and it's not part of the congressional record. Can't look it up. Sorry, folks. Um, you can't look <laughs> it up because all of it's under a strict gag order by the Supreme court and the world court. It is a capital crime to talk about Nassara if you are a government official. So that's why it, it, it makes no sense to waste your time asking the president, whoever the president is at the time uh, about Nassara because they can't say anything. They won't. Don't write your member of Congress asking about Nassara. They can't say anything. They're not. They're not allowed to. Um, so everything and, and, and yeah. just not allowed to. The, the the Supreme Court has ruled they will be executed, executed. if they. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pain of under the pain of death. They can't talk about it. Yeah, uh, it, it's. I mean, it's it's silly enough that most people would never believe it unless they had a reason to. And since her target in these early days were people who were desperately clinging on to hope that they would get this money back um, and, and, and not just get their money back, but get the hundreds and hundreds and <laughs> hundreds of times more than yeah. their, these grifts don't work if you're not greedy, right? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. if your greed overrides your common sense, you might be a yeah. potential victim for things like the Omega trust scam. So, it's on the verge of being implemented. Um, Clinton's out of office. Uh, there's some other stuff about Janet Reno being replaced by a clone. Um, it, it, it's it's crazy. But uh, George W. Bush comes in, and the day that Nassara was supposed to finally go into effect, wouldn't you was, know? It was September 11th, 2001. <laughs> so. The September 11th terror attacks were um, within hours. Shaney had an email out to um, out to her email list um, saying the the Pentagon and the World Trade Center, all the targets were connected to Nasara and the banking changes. Um, basically, it was all going to be done on a computer that was in the World Trade Center, so they had to take out the World Trade Center yeah. before 9 a.m. Because 9 a.m. is when they were going to flip the switch and Nasara was going to go into effect. Uh, so basic, and, and you know, this was all George Bush's, you know, doing. So if you're looking at just who came in first in the race to have a September 11th conspiracy theory, um, a lot of people, I, I know that uh, Mark Jacobson, who um, wrote the biography, uh, attributes uh, Bill Cooper, conspiracy theorist Bill Cooper, right, right. with being the first to really sort of go into the, the 9-11 truth thing on September 11th, but he didn't until later in the afternoon. Goodwin is here in the morning, still, you know, st- st- it, it, the attacks have barely stopped and she's 
got a way to tie this into her conspiracy theory. And she, of course, always needs money and support to keep doing the work to spread the news about Nasara. Because the more people who know about it and the more people who are talking about it, the better off it'll be for everybody. Because once once the world knows about it, they're not going to be able to stop it. Um, so regardless of gag orders, if enough people are are on board with it, then um, you know they can't execute everybody, right? Uh, so it 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 goes on like that for um, for years. And when I was when I was researching this, um, there, there's a pattern. I mean, there's there's almost a monthly pattern in and you know it goes on. Month after month, um, sometimes it goes on for a few months. But this this pattern or cycle is is Goodwin will hear something from one of the White Knights or from one of the ascended masters like Saint Germain, um, or yeah, there's there's sort of spacey New Age stuff that gets gets brought into this. Um, the ascended masters or, or some of the White Knights will tell her about the latest plan to announce Nasara and there will be something that they've got something cooking and it's going to happen and she will usually name a date or say by the end of the month uh, something like that and um, and and she will she will hype this up and hype this up and hype this up and she will just sort of scold anybody who who talks back or, or says oh, I don't I don't know this doesn't sound quite right I, I how could how can you know this is going to happen this month and then it will go on and on and on and the date will come and nothing will happen and she will say oh oh beloved brothers and sisters um, I've just been informed that that the attempts by the white knights to get Nasara implemented this month have been uh, have been foiled by the, uh, the the dark conspiracy and um, it's back to square one and it's it's back to square one every couple months as this cycle goes on and on and on but people people believe it and and even and then it spreads to people who who have no history with the Omega trust and it just becomes kind of a um, a wishful how do I get rid of all my all my debt. How do I, I have a solid financial future? So sort of contextually, we are in the economic um, recession after the September 11th attacks. So it's got some, it's got some pull with people. It it, it appeals to people. And then as we get out of that, there's a few years where the economy is getting better. And then we go into the great recession stuff. um, The 2008, 2007 to 2009, the housing bubble, the the auto company bailout, the bank bailouts, all of that. So throughout, honestly, the rest of of Goodwin's life, she dies in, um, I can never remember, 2009, uh, 2010, something like that. Um, She she is able to to basically take advantage of these uh, of these um, financial uh, catastrophes. And honestly, it's a pretty – if you wanted to make a case for the economy being this, this oppressive monolith that is you know, manipulated for the purposes of benefiting the wealthy few at the expense of everybody else, uh, between 2001 and 2010, you, you, you can sure. make yeah. some good cases for that. Yeah. So she's, she's got um, – you know, context, is, uh, context is, on, uh, is on her side. But uh, she dies in, in 2000, 2010. I, I think it is 2010. Yeah, I, I've got 2010, yes. Okay. And um, after she dies, um, something interesting happens. Nasara 
continues. But Nasara, um, the way I sort of put it in the book, Nasara doesn't really have a center anymore. There's, <laughs> there's no one voice speaking for Nasara, and and other people had um, had uh, you know talked about Nasara, but they had always sort of echoed what Goodwin was saying and sort of right. amplified Goodwin's uh, Goodwin's message. But after she dies, it it's Nasara splinters into a thousand different. Um, a thousand different iterations and you've got all sorts of people um, sort of talking about it and bringing their own pre-existing um, pre-existing ideas and, and, and belief systems into it. The Omega trust thing was this, this Clyde hood guy. I mean, he was, um, I mean, his grift was working uh, churches, right? You know, very religious yeah. people. God has told me. So he's working these religious people, you know, very Christian, probably very devout people. Uh, and then he gets tossed in jail. Now, the Shaney woman, she's like a member of the Ramtha cult, right? Yeah. Which yeah. they're they're not what you would call Christians. I mean, no, no. around then Christians had been schooled that, you know, if you're worshiping Ramtha, you're pretty much Satan. Yeah, and, it's not gonna not gonna work out for you. Yeah. And somehow she, but you know, somehow she's able to now transmogrify this from a very Christian, you know, God, you know, is going to, going to, you know, make you all rich to now like, you know, theosophy, uh, you know, Ramtha, all this sort of stuff. And then because she's also like pulling in like Ashtar and a lot of these UFO kind of things. It's almost like this woman was just really good with the Googles and just grabbing (laughs) everything. Right. And then it transmogrified. Now, Now it's almost like, like the whole UFO cult out there is is embroiled in in a lot of a lot of this Nasara thing now. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it, Nasara would would spread to to all these things, and it it, it gets dragged in with um, a lot of the sovereign citizen stuff. Um, one of the guys I talk about is a guy named David Robinson, um, and uh, he sort of connects Nasara to a lot of sort of right wing patriot type stuff. Right. That was, that was his background. Um, it copies almost everything that, that Goodwin does and, yeah. and, you know, sort of publishes it in on websites and, and self-published books. Uh, right. and, and, and that, that's sort of, sort of an aside. Um, the thing about conspiracy culture that I always loved were these conspiracy theory books that conspiracy right. theorists would write. And you'd have people like, um, like, books by Ken Thomas and uh, Jim Keith and all sorts of really interesting, brilliant guys who, whether or not they were right or wrong about things, they put an immense amount of thought and originality into these very complex books. Conspiracy theory books nowadays, I mean, I got one. It was, mm. it was, it was a Nassara one. The entire first half of the book, I'm reading it, and then I get to the end, and it just has a link, a YouTube link. I go to the YouTube link. I had paid $10 to read a transcript of the YouTube video. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was like, what, what am I even doing? This, so it, it's, you know, well, where'd you read this? Well, it was on YouTube. So it, it's, I, I don't, well, I guess I do kind of want to say conspiracy culture has gotten, I was going to say dumber, but I think I'll say has gotten less literate right, and right. has gotten less, um, less complex. And I, I talk about this in the book, but um it's, it really fits into the uh, to the Nasara stuff. Um, there, there's a, a book by um, 
by uh, two political scientists, Muirhead and Rosenbaum, called A Lot of People Are Saying. <laughs> and in it, they define something they call the new conspiracism. And, and the old conspiracism was, was sort of you know, complex. It's the, the sort of meme image of the guy with the, the bulletin board of strings, yeah, right, yes, yes. index cards. It, it's, it's complex. Um, you've got so much, in quotes, evidence that you just sort of go blind and, right. and like, I, this is, it must be right because you know, this evidence all intersects and it's all overwhelming. Um, that's the, sort of the, the classic <laughs> definition of a conspiracy theory. It's, it's a, a conspiracy theories sound credible because everything connects to everything else in a right, perfect right, yeah. puzzle, which isn't how real life works at all. Right. So the new conspiracism you replace evidence with repetition. <laughs> so why is it true? Everybody's saying it's yeah. all over social media. Have you not heard that Wayfair, you know, you're really yeah. ordering children. It's a way to order. How would you hear this? It's all, it's all over Facebook. Yeah. Well, it's all over Facebook because the algorithm has learned that's what you respond to. And yeah. it feeds you identical stories from yeah. various sources. And so you see the same nonsense from five different websites on your Facebook feed. And it's like, here's five different sources confirming, you know, no, it's just five copies of the same source. <laughs> uh, so that, um, that, that's sort of a change in conspiracy culture. And, and, and it, it's – Nasara is very much an internet-born conspiracy theory. It, it might be one of the first conspiracy theories that, that almost entirely sort of had its origin points in the internet on email lists on – websites and, and things like that, which, which is, you know, it's sort of a, a prototype for a lot of, um, a lot of what's to come in, um, in later years. But um, you've got people like this, David Robinson, who, who sort of glue right-wing, right-wing extremist politics to, um, to Nasara. They, they, you know, greatly enlarge the list of things that Nasara is, uh, is, is going to do, um, in, including things like um, releasing patents of suppressed technologies for free energy <laughs> yeah. and, and, and cancer healing machines. So, which is a tie in with, with UFO disclosure yeah. conspiracy theories that, that once, we, once the government tells the truth about the aliens, we're all going to have flying cars and live, uh, live forever. Um, so there, there are other people who, who get into this, but, but Nasara just sort of, just sort of, um, explodes into a thousand different shards and would even, um, would even go overseas and, and be rechristened Gasara for global economic stabilization and recovery act. And just a couple of years ago, uh, not, not years, a couple of weeks ago, uh, on, on YouTube, some guy on a YouTube show was saying that, um, that Putin has, has signed a private bill to implement Nasara in Russia. And so this is, um, oh, this right, is yes. the first step. This is the <laughs> yeah. first step. And it, it's, it's secret. It's, it's a private thing. Um, but, but soon, you know, the dominoes will fall and other, um, other countries around the world will have to implement Nasara because if Russia does it, we all have to um, follow suit, apparently. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, the U.S. is spoiling for war now in Ukraine, right? And that that must be connected, right? That you know, okay. the, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's a pretext to nuke Russia to keep them from exactly. Yeah. We've got to keep them from from declaring Nasara to be real, because um, otherwise, how will the dark conspiracy 
maintain uh, yeah. its boot its boot on our neck. Right? Well, I, I like the. Um, I mean, this sort of brings it around to almost our, our original topic, where there, there's there's a branch of Nasara where it, it, involve, it comes back to our space brothers, right? That the that the that the space brothers are going to land. You know, yeah. real soon now, uh, and and then that they are going to then um, enforce Nasara. They're going to yeah. bring. Have you have you have you tucked into this? Yeah, Nasara. Yeah, one of the one of the sort of branches of Nasara that that dips into that is sort of focuses or, or sort of stems from Goodwin's use of figures like um, like Ashtar and Hatan <laughs> and other. Uh, other other space brothers who you know sort of show up back in the 1950s. Ashtar first appears in um, George Van Tassel's books, and then right. sort of spins off into Ashtar Command, and there's sort of a fight for ownership <laughs> of Ashtar. But the, the great thing about Ashtar and his buddies, who are sort of orbiting the Earth to protect us from bad things, uh, the great thing about those is um, their messages are all telepathically channeled. Right. So so anybody can sort of claim to be channeling. Ashtar, and if you say they're not, I mean, how do you prove it without you know disproving your own channeling of Ashtar, right? So all these Ashtar channels kind of have to give each other a wide berth and say yeah. maybe Ashtar said that to him, but what Ashtar said to me was completely the opposite. Um, so you, you've got uh, this idea that Nasara is going to be the means by which the Space Brothers help humanity along to a a more streamlined Space Brother like economy. And um, I, th- I think it's it's interesting that uh, that that a lot of the um, sort of classic elements of of contactee thought kind of <laughs> go out the window because the contactees were always about the space brothers teaching us how to to do these things for ourselves. They're not going to come and save us. They're not uh, they're not space Jesus. They're they're our older brothers who are further along the path of enlightenment right. than, than we are. And so they're showing us how we could be because they were once like us. Right. Um, so, so it, it, it kind of um, takes away kind of some of the, the human agency um, to, uh, to have sort of, you know, Ashtar is going to come and, and he and Hatan are going to implement Nasara for us. Uh, it, it, it doesn't work very well, but um, I can't remember if, if we talked about it last time I was on, but uh we might have uh, Sherry Schreiner. Did we talk about Sherry Schreiner? Last not time not on? on my podcast, but okay. uh, you you do you, you did do at least one very amusing podcast about this Sherry Schreiner. Yeah. She 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 has joined Jesus as well. Yes, yeah. which for you, <laughs> I remember on your podcast you were like, "Thank God I can talk about her now," because yeah, she, was, she threatened to sue your ass or something at some point. Didn't uh, she? Well, she she just she she sort of doxed me and um, mm. and. Uh, well, this is before doxing was a word. This is back yeah. in 2000, 2004 or so. Um, I was I, I was sort of trolling her on message boards because I didn't have enough to do with my time. And um, <laughs> she uh, she figured out who I was and where I lived and where I worked and, and you know, thought I was either a demon or a CIA agent or, or a demonic CIA agent. But That's Sherry not Schreiner, good. Yeah. Uh, no, Sherry Schreiner had some strange uh, religious ideas. Uh, she called herself a Christian. Uh, she was not in any orthodox sense. Um, she also claimed to be um, King David's granddaughter, a literal, you know, descendant of King David, spiritual descendant of King David. But um, a lot of David Ikean stuff about, you know, the rich and powerful being shape-shifting reptilians, <laughs> things like that. But for my purposes in this in this 
book, um, she talked about Nasara. Mm. And um, I think her main Nasara influence were those people who connected Nasara to the the Space Brothers, to the the Ashtar types, like you were saying. And um, because the Space Brothers, in her mind, were actually demons um, coming to enslave humanity, Nasara was the uh, the devil's or the beast's economic system. And so, whereas 99% of people who talked about Nasara talked about it as a positive thing that would help everybody, she's like, Nasara's a trap. You know, it, she didn't say it was fake. She said, it's real, but it's a trap. It's real because this is how the enemy is going to um, is going to take over. Right. So that's um, just after Goodwin dies. Although Schreiner might have been talking about it before Goodwin dies. I'm not not entirely sure when she started talking about it. But, um, well, it, it could have been because right. because uh, Schreiner also targets the fact that she's, she's sort of talking about St. Germain and Maitreya and other Ascended Masters. So that New Age element also raises Shriner's hackles a little bit. But but Nasara goes from this this way to keep people who've been scammed on the scam hook for a little while longer to yeah. something that has just proliferated beyond beyond all reason or uh reason or belief. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Well I think I mean the the Harvey Bernard who who came up with Nasara originally at review he thought congress was going to pass it they did it he kind of put up his own website and he kind of tried to promote it and so he's still alive he's extant then meanwhile the dove of oneness right uh, uh yeah. what, what's what's her name again good, uh, good, uh, good Sh- goodwin sheeny goodwin. Goodwin. Yeah. goodwin now she's has somehow discovered Nasara, which is just bizarre she, again she's real her google foo is is excellent and she's now like running wild with this but meanwhile bernard is alive and he's like the fuck and you can right. swear on my yeah. podcast right so he's trying to tell people just get no did you did you cover this um i i might have mentioned it a little bit but but yeah bernard is is just um he's he's just apoplectic yeah he's he's just bereft because um because he's he's just he's just this guy you know who came up with this idea and it wasn't like a crazy radical nutso idea it was just you know hey i've got some ideas on how to fix things because like you said i'm an engineer and um we can fix things and so he he puts up uh he puts up a website and um i think it was nasara.com um if you go there now uh somebody has has, you know he's dead somebody has taken over the uh the the thing and it's it's a couple donald trump quotes i think the stand back and stand by is up there and visit our sister website at gasara.com Dot org, but I, I think it was nasara.com okay. and he's, he was able to snag that that website and um, basically put up a you know what Dove of Oneness is talking about is absolutely untrue it's not what I'm talking about she has stolen this term from me yeah. um, and, and because he did that he, um, Goodwin was, was stuck with the much inferior domain main name nasara.us which <laughs> you know if you don't have the dot com what are you even doing with your life exactly. right? um, but, uh, but yeah he was I always felt bad for him because nobody, honestly, I don't think anybody ever heard of Nasara until Goodwin comes along with her version of it. And uh, Bernard is, is stuck with, 
with books that he he probably uh, he probably can't sell, and um, and sort of having his name um, sort of connected to this craziness, this, this craziness. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I had to look it up quick because I couldn't remember. But his uh, his book was called "Draining the Swamp: Monetary and Fiscal Policy Reform," and um, he uh, well. No, that was a book that came out in 2005. So he sort of publishes a, mm-hmm. called the Nasara story. He sort of publishes his own book in response right. to Goodwin explaining his vision of Nasara. Right. And um, I don't know how it sold, but I'm looking at it right now. And there is a copy available used on Amazon for 7,688 of the Yankee dollars. Yeah. So a little bit um, more in Canada. Yeah, slightly more can. Yeah, oh gosh, that would be um, and the shipping because uh, it's it's four ninety nine shipping in the U S. That's probably like ten thousand um, dollars because shipping internationally is awful. But um, yeah, so poor uh, poor Harvey, not you know, um, not great. It's like it's like you know you've got a pretty good thing going there, Aaron, with your saucer life, right? Yeah, and it's like then someone just taken that, and now it's like you know they've turned it into like. You know, child sacrifice, Satanism, uh, political party cult, and you're like, I can't do anything with this anymore because everybody just knows Saucer Life as the child Satanism political party. Yeah. It, 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 there, there comes a point where where you would have to um, either do something like self publish a. Why would you self publish a hardcover book? You're never going to sell that. Um, self publish a book to try to explain yourself and and prove why you're work. right. Or you, or you just like change your name or fake your death and disappear. Which exactly. is what I would do. So, exactly. Um, so yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because poor Harvey. Like, I mean, he really thought this was the solution to the world, the America's problems, and yep. and he worked so hard to get it, and and then it's just it's snatched away from him by by the crazies. By the crazies, and and by the, I mean, in in in. With regard to to Goodwin, by the the cynical pseudo crazies. I mean, I don't. <laughs> she didn't believe this. This was just a way to to get um, to keep sort of getting donations from people. But um, but but yeah. But then then the there are people who who do desperately believe this. There are message boards and no. and communities, and a lot of times these Nasaran message boards, you have to pay memberships to <laughs> oh, join. Um, which I I do see how that would cut down on on trolling and, and <clears> spam <throat> and things like that, but it's another what you know it doesn't matter if I pay money for this because if I do what they say, um, it and, and if I you know follow these instructions, you know I'm going to get so much money back when Nasara is actually implemented that everything's uh, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> so um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a sad thing. I. I do feel bad when when people uh, when people get scammed um, sometimes, but like I said before, uh, a lot of these scams are are kind of a a function of greed, right? So, um, yeah, and there's a a really good documentary years ago that came out called "Waiting for Nasara," where oh, oh. the uh, the the documentary maker sort of profiles um, a lot of people. I think most of them are in Utah uh, who are. Um, sort of, they're all in on yeah. Nasara, and you know, there comes a point where you're you're so far in that, you know, 
whole sunk cost fallacy. You know, you, you yeah. can't afford to get out um, yes, yes. either financially or sort of the blow to your ego, admitting yeah. that you've been suckered and and strung along, yeah. uh, strung along for so long. And uh, it, it's interesting. I don't in, in the states. I I don't think it's streaming anywhere free. I think you have to sign up for one of these streaming services that yeah. um, sort of focuses on documentaries or something okay. like that. I, I watched it again when I was writing the book, and right. I, I think I was able to get away with a, a two-week free trial and, okay. uh, and, and cancel <laughs> it, right? right. So, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, the, um, the sh- this uh, sh- Sherry, Shaney, Shaney Goodwin, what what was her job? Wasn't she, I mean, she was like, was she, was she like a hairdresser or something? Like, oh, gosh. Um, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to remember if um, she, she wasn't anything. Oh, it was medical secretary, legal secretary, okay. something like that. Some sort of, of clerical, uh, clerical type thing. Um, I, I think I'm, uh, it's one of those things where where I know I know, but I don't yeah. remember what I know. So that's um, that's uh, an interesting, well, interesting uh, question. But I mean, it kind of bringing it back to the uh, like a lot of these guys who sort of started the whole contacty thing. When you kind of look at a lot of these guys, you know, they're um, you know, like the um, George King, like you know, he was like he was like a cab driver and. Um, uh, who's who's really the first one that the real first contactee guy? Oh, was? Uh, Adamski, Adamski, yeah. right? Like he was like these these people were very very smart, right? Yeah. But they never they just they had like the most mediocre jobs ever, and they kind of like they never they they never attained the greatness career wise that I think maybe they assumed they were going to, and then they totally latched into this. This cult thing, right? This, this, yeah. This. Um, Adamski was, um, he was, you know, maintained like some of the the restaurant and stuff at Palomar yeah. Gardens there. Um, but he had been running, um, he'd been running his Royal Order of Tibet sort of yeah. meditation center. So yeah, he'd always been, um, been in that sort of thing. Um, George Van Tassel and oh, who's the other one? Um, Orfeo Angelucci, uh, both worked at, um, aircraft plant which has drawn suspicion that they might have been targeted by you know the military industrial complex and mind control things like that um but uh but yeah for the most part these are these are you know just regular working class folks who um honestly um probably would have thrived in the age of uh in the age of the internet and social media they had they had messages and, and they were they were for people and they were great speakers and um interesting if not great writers sometimes but uh i think in a lot of ways they were sort of analogous to i don't know i don't know what i don't want to say a carnival act but um it's a lot of a lot of it i think is in the same category of of sort of performance art Uh, and you know that contacteeism and the ufo scene was their was their stage was the uh the venue that they were comfortable performing in uh, now, when I look at sort of Nassara, and I mean Nassara, all kind of in its whole kind of dry. I mean, it's still going on, but it it you know it is now kind of branched off into a thousand different kind of kind of uh, versions. But I mean, this was easily a, a decade, 
it's, it's so hard to remember figure out dates since 2000 it's yes. like it's, it's like, like, like 2000 year. I know, 2008 like what is so 12 yeah so i i mean the um you know it just sort of seems like, like this was like QAnon before QAnon. I mean, obviously, I think there are probably almost a QAnon that also bring in, you know, sort of onboard Nasara as well. But when you kind of look at this, you know, from like 10 years ago, like there, there, there's so many. Did you find this? Because you also did a chapter in QAnon. Like, did you, when you were writing the QAnon chapter where you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to change, find, replace Nasara, QAnon. Call it a day. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of overlap, and I think Nasara probably got more attention in the media and in journalism after QAnon became prominent than it ever had before. Yeah, Um, because everybody was who was on that beat was sort of saying, "Well, you know." Before there was QAnon, there was Nasara, and pointing out the, the, the parallels. And and those of us who were already aware of Nasara were like, mm-hmm, yeah, we we know, we're, we're aware of this. Um, we've been talking about these things for years. But uh, but yeah, there are um, a lot of parallels. Even even the phrasing, the white hats, you know, and and this idea that there are insiders working to fix the system within the system, and yeah. they're going to bring it all down. And uh, the you know the good guys are going to win. And um, even even the the whole thing about you know the system as it is is corrupt and people in power know it's corrupt but there are good guys who will make sure that that everything goes back the way it's supposed to be so not just the financial stuff but that um, that first sort of um, uh, sort of sort of Nasara point you know restores constitutional law there's yes, this yes. idea that that legitimacy will um, will be restored and back in you know january of of last year during the the post election ructions here in the us you saw a lot of um a lot of that rhetoric that that we're going to 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 right these wrongs and right. it, it's it, and a lot of the nasaras a lot of the nasara people jump on the qAnon thing and right. sort of use that to boost their signal um I'm not so much sure about vice versa. Uh, I've okay. I, I've got a a suspicion that a lot of the I don't know if run of the mill is the right word, but a lot of the the, the regular folks who glommed on to QAnon in the last few years, a lot of them do not have very much background in these conspiracy <laughs> theories before. They are they are new to this, much like. Right. Much like the 2016 election brought a lot of people into being interested in politics who weren't interested in it before. Um, so, which means you don't have a lot of people in that community saying, isn't this just Nasara with the serial numbers scratched off? You know, it, it, it's, it, you know, isn't this the same thing we've heard over and over again? Uh, isn't this little bit, you know, a little bit of the sovereign citizen stuff? Isn't this little bit, a little bit of Bill Cooper from back in the nineties, you know, yeah, yeah. They're, they're not, they're not savvy enough that they don't have that background to know when cynical people at a higher level are selling them basically reconstituted right. conspiracy stuff from years before with the focus slightly changed to, um, to, to sort of point towards that, that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Well, I like to say, like, there, there's, you know, in my, in my, all my various kind of researching, there's like two, what I call 
wonderful Easter eggs for kind of researchers in our sort of domain is one, it's like, you know, yeah, when you're kind of, you know, researching, this this, this Nassar thing is part of one of my, my, my skeptics book lists the um, I mean, like 11 uh, fake laws or something like that. I forget the actual name of the list, but that, that as I'm kind of researching this, I kind of stumbled on this Nasara. And so Nasara is like, yeah, it's like one of these like Easter eggs. It's like, again, it's not something that is out there in the public consciousness, but right. And the other one is the, um, have you ever heard of the clampers? Oh gosh. That sounds really familiar. It's, yeah. It's a, I mean, before the sub cult church of the sub genius or flying spaghetti monster, this goes back to the gold rush era. There was a, uh, there was a parody secret society called the clampers. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much because I, I think one day I do want to actually do a, a podcast about it. But, but again, it's like one of these little historical Easter eggs that as you're researching this, you're like, Wait, what the what the fuck is this? Oh my god, this is brilliant! I can't believe not this is not in our history textbooks. You know, like the, the right. clampers. Yeah, go uh, when we when we when we when we finish up. Like, go 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 research the clampers. Yeah, it is definitely. it is fascinating. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just want to. I, I found this uh, the the Nasara US uh, Wayback Machine. You you probably find this too as a researcher. Yeah. You, thank God for the Wayback Machine. Oh, my gosh. I, I couldn't have written this book without it. Because no. one of yeah. the things that I sort of do in the book, and, and this sometimes I was like, ah, I'm getting a little obsessive with this. I, I, I need to dial this back. But, but tracking the sometimes very, very minute changes yeah. to, these, uh, to these texts that explain things. And the, the, Nasara, um, the Nasara website was um, – the Nasara.us, that was Shaney Goodwin's website. Yeah. And it was, um, it was just, just amazing to see you, know, you click sort of month by month by month, and you see little items added yeah. to the list of things Nasara does. It's like, well, did the secret law change, right? Yeah. Uh, isn't the law <laughs> the law as it was passed back in, uh, back in, in 2000 or whatever? You see that change um, – Finding, oh my gosh, her email updates. I'm so glad um, the Wayback Machine had those because Yahoo, you know, shut down the actual email list, but she had copies of the email updates that she would send out on uh, on the website. So being able to find those and having a a sort of legitimate source for what she was actually telling people all the time was um, what was pretty pretty handy to have. Yeah, but one one of her pages in the Wayback Machine. I don't know if you encountered this. Was eleven ways people confirm the the true the truth of yes. the Nasara law? And because because right to to review that that all documentation of Nasara was in the World Trade Center, and that was all conveniently destroyed by the you know the one world government uh, the the terrible events of nine eleven. Uh, so the only way now you can verify is it's like she says like you know. If you or someone you know has a close and personal relationship with a bank president, ask that person. <laughs> they will tell you. If you know some a Navy SEAL, ask that person. They will tell you. And apparently everybody in Germany, you can just go up to any German and go, oh, yeah. tell me about Nassara. Well, let me tell you all about Nassara. We learned this in grade school. You know, like, like, Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 Germans, the Germans know what's going on. Yeah, because um, yeah, the, the, the Navy SEALs um, were the ones who, uh, who forced Bill Clinton at gunpoint to sign the Oh, law. okay, yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I'm looking at the list. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who li- lives in Germany and pays attention to the news. Why Germany? No. Um, yeah. No, oh, oh, no one who speaks Parliament. German could be bad. Right. Yeah. That that's never uh, that's never gone gone wrong. Oh, currency trade. Basically, all of this relies on you asking individual people. There are no actual confirmations. Uh, yeah. So I love yeah. that that it's all eleven are. You need to talk to somebody who is, you know, in the management of the Federal Reserve. It's like, exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know. I know yeah. all those guys. And if you're in like a little farmhouse in Utah, yep, you probably don't know a lot of people who work for the German Parliament, right? You know, like yeah. this this list, while seemingly like you could just ask, is these are also very conveniently inaccessible people to most people who are you know have been hooked by uh you know the omega trust it's it's hilarious but frustrating that it 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 just sort of keeps uh keeps going but, uh, right oh we, we can we can wrap up okay so right so let me get your book again i've i've got i've got it here in, in front of me so i won't make you try to remember the full title so it is <laughs> conspiracy and triumph uh colon uh, theories of a victorious future for the faithful and i will put a link to this on my on my on my website uh you can get a kindle uh or paperback uh you you this is not self-published as i say this is right. this is an actual legit publisher who has skin in the game and they're like i i, I got a mortgage to pay just like you aaron i'm I think you're a good risk to, yeah. So you've not, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So unlike me, I'm just like, I just self published, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff. But uh, let me tell you, I, you know, I, I will say, I always say, you know, buy, if you're only going to buy one book this year, please buy Aaron's book. But if you're going to buy two books, buy Aaron's book, then buy my book. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And if you really, really want to put the most amount of money in my pocket, uh, buy the Kindle because it's, on Amazon KDP, it's like almost that whole price is 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 profit. Whereas if you self publish, it's like because I think my book is like I wanted to keep it under twenty bucks, twenty currency units. I, I say because it's you got to price it for UK and Australia. Right. Yeah, it's like like I, I I you make about a buck and pocket change uh, per paper copy. So uh yeah so so but yeah but the Kindle is uh Kindle is not a great form factor for me like you but you know but but yeah but it's I would say yeah buy the paperback because the paperback is wonderful I don't I I'm I'm happy to get a dollar 25 from anybody for anything I I do that's awesome but uh but yeah but it's it's weird that the Kindle I didn't realize how much pure profit the, the Kindle is and I I don't know what your royalty structure is but um it's it's sort of a standard percentage of net, you know. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The uh, people I've talked to who've done the self publishing thing through Amazon are like, oh yeah, the there's there's not a lot of profit margin in you know the the paperback, but yeah. the, the 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 ebook is ebooks where it's at. Yeah, yes, exactly. But yeah, yeah. All right. So yeah, and um, uh, and right. So you do a podcast called the, the Saucer Life. You can find yep. that in all the normal places. And uh, I, I love how you do. Uh, you you find a lot of like little puns. Like you know, you refer to your your uh, your better half as the saucer wife. Saucer wife. Yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, you do kind of little. You like to find little little puns on. Where's the saucer afterlife where you kind of talk about 
answer questions or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do it on off weeks, sort of listener, uh, listener feedback on the previous, uh, previous episode. Yeah. 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 And you know what Blake, Blake Smith monster talk. He is, uh, he is, he is as a reputation for liking the puns and stuff like that. So, (laughs) so yeah, you should, you should, uh, you should should go on his podcast at some point in the future. I don't know if he's done. I think he's extended the, uh, uh, invite, but if you, I I should really hook you guys up because I think, um, I think there'd be you, uh, you would have a lot interesting to bring uh, to, to monster talk especially if you're doing that great lakes thing i think they might really super be interested in okay talking yeah we'll keep that yeah. in mind yeah poor, poor blake is a bit de- i mean i don't know when i mean this podcast is going up fairly soon but uh poor blake is a kind of a bit down uh under the weather with, with covid Ooh. you know i think he's like double vaxxed and booster but he's just he's just one of those people that you know i mean there's there's some people that yeah um, you know, i know some folks who you know double vaxxed and boosted and they get that they get that that little breakthrough case and it, yeah you know it's exactly. better than if they aren't vaxxed but um yeah yeah, yeah exactly rough. yeah 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 so he's had a bit of a, a rough a rough time but when he i think he's up and and back i i, I do want to get because i i'd love to hear you on monster talk as, as well but uh i think you would have a lot of interesting things to bring there but i'm i'm just a guy you know i don't got any <laughs> but uh yeah yeah so all right, all right. and um are, are you going to be appearing anywhere or um no i've got nothing uh got nothing on the horizon uh okay. so far in this first part of the year that i can think of so um hopefully some some stuff down the road but uh yeah people people actually invite you to their conferences and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, back when those were a thing. Yeah. I um I, I, I did one in, uh, in Nashville last fall. They okay. the, the conspiracy normal guys were able to put theirs on right okay. in the sweet spot between um between waves of COVID. So I, I think okay. um you know about half the speakers were on were on uh, were remote and, and half of us were were there okay. in person. So it was pretty good. Right. Yeah, you you went to some Bigfoot conference or something oh, more yeah, in your yeah. neck of the woods. I saw yeah, down in, that, that, in yeah. Ann Arbor. We we went to that uh, and sort of just sort of hung around. Right. Okay. Know, and, and, did you get uh, and critiqued? Did you get any uh, coney dogs down there? Uh, no, no. Um, yeah, didn't go quite all the way into Detroit, but okay. uh, but um, yeah, maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, if uh, somebody is at some sort of conference, like if you ever go back to the, uh, I was very impressed that you went all the way out to the Shag Harbor thing in oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nova Scotia. And uh, yeah, so if you were ever uh, out someplace in a conference and someone does recognize you and, uh, hey, you're a conspiracy skeptic, that was awesome. I enjoy hearing you. And they want to buy you a beverage. What, uh, uh, what kind of- Some kind of IPA. Uh, you still you're still in the IPAs? I'm still in the IPAs. Yeah. It, when, once it got cold, I was drinking Good. stouts, but okay. I would go back to the IPAs. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is my my final question. So I've been sort of. Re- you know, I found that my own podcast is actually good source material research. Like my guests have already done the research. So I've been listening to old podcasts that kind of research for, I'm working on another book now called the, the wow. conspiracy skeptics book of lists. So part two, but, um, but the, uh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I forgot I had all the other final questions. You used to have a final question that was like, what is your fall? What is your favorite small kitchen appliance? That was, that was what I was asking <laughs> for a while, but uh, yeah. All right, Aaron. Anyways, I should, I should, I should let you go so yeah conspiracy and triumph find that on amazon.com um and uh as well listen to your podcast the um um uh, saucer life you, you also have a whole bunch of other books on amazon you are not uh a, a, the there you have a book some somebody will will enjoy on some yes, topics i hope so yeah 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 all right okay right. Th- thanks so much for having me on have a have a good night there and thanks, th- thanks again for being on talk to you later bye 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 bye